and we are live with Braden Gluth. Braden, how are we doing, man? Good. Pretty good day so far. Glad to be here. Yeah, dude, back home from Omaha, man. How do you like the new uh the new location? Omaha's pretty good. I mean, Nebraska's pretty far from home, a little different than El Paso. Yeah. I came home and it's 70 degrees and it's a little different. Oh, dude, it's freaking awesome. I, I literally went to go throw a bullpen outside at a high school yesterday morning at like 9 a.m. 50 degrees and sunny. I was in short sleeves. It was awesome. We don't we don't really get a whole lot of that up there in the, the Midwest region. So a little different. I mean, we're lucky if we get 50 degrees, we're outside in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. And like here it's the low every day. Well, actually, the it's been super mild, like uh the winter up there, yeah. like in the fall at least. I know you we were talking about it the other day because hold on, let's check the weather. So I'm in Wichita and you're in Omaha over at Creighton University. And we were talking, yeah, it's 50, it's the same weather, like right now, yeah. 58 in Wichita. What, what is it in Omaha? It's 47 right now, but we have a 90% chance of snow tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So dude, I'm telling you, they're just waiting until we get back and then it's just going to pile it on. Yeah. That's what, that's what everyone was saying. I mean, we have six years on our team and they were saying that we're going to have a mild fall and then we're going to get back and it's going to be two feet of snow. So I yeah, mean, yeah, it's going to be a little, di- little different. It's going to be a little change of pace from Eastern Arizona over there in Thatcher. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's quite a change. I mean, it's taken me a couple months to get used to, but I mean, coming back home was nice, but I, I feel like I'm pretty used to it now. Yeah, dude. What what did you uh you how was the experience living out there in Thatcher when you went to Eastern? Because you went there for two years, right? I went two years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so after high school I started a religious mission for two years and then wow. I came back and I went to Eastern Arizona, which is in Thatcher, Arizona. Most people don't really know where it's at. It's like hour and a half off of I ten. Mm-hmm. Um two hours from phoenix middle of nowhere like highway it's just middle of nowhere but i mean it's a really good town it's like three small towns put together yeah so like the numbers technically can make it a city but Mm -hmm. it's not just because it's like they're demographically like a little different Mm -hmm. and so i mean it's nice you just have so much time on your hands but it's it's good time especially at junior college like you get to figure yourself out and yeah have time to get better and so, I mean, I really, I really liked it. Yeah. It was, it was a good time for me. Well, I'm sure that helped you just because you, did you even play any baseball when you were gone for two no. years? Where, where did you go, by the way? I went, I went to Alabama for two years. Okay. Um, I kind of was all over. I went to Florida, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, I was all over the yeah. South um, serving religious mission. And so like I, we had like Mondays and to work out but it was mainly just to like recoup to keep working yeah. the rest of the week were you like chomping at the bit when after the, those two years were up or were you like i kind of just want to get back into baseball well i got i got really lucky so i was able to commit and sign on my mission mm-hmm. um just because of prior experiences in high school but i i got really lucky my last two people i worked with um were both athletes like my last guy i worked with he was he's a football player up at eastern washington mm-hmm. and every morning like we we would get up early before we would go to work and he was like super super into fitness and stuff like that so he had like workouts for me and i probably well i, I had a lot of bad weight on from the south but probably, <laughs> probably lost like, it's all those like grits yeah a lot of pride, all, dude. all that good stuff so on my mission i gained 45 pounds and i grew an inch and a half oh, oh. so in high school i was 6'1 180 and then i came home at 6'3 225 mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I, I'm sure I was like 230 maybe, and I lost like 10 pounds in six weeks or something like that. And I put on quite a bit of muscle. Um, but I had already committed and I already assigned to Eastern Arizona. So, I mean, I, I got really lucky just cause I had prior experiences and people that worked with me. Yeah. So whenever I got back, I mean, I was, I think my first bullpen, I was 86, 87. So, I mean, it was, I wasn't too far off. It must be nice. dude. just taking all that time off I, and get back in the, I surprised myself. Really. <laughs> no, I, I really surprised myself. I, I was up in Albuquerque just cause I had a facility up there that yeah. I was working out at. And, um, I mean, I didn't know how good I was going to be. So I definitely signed the Juco route just cause you know, there's no regulation. I, I'll have time with a team and stuff right. like that. And especially in Eastern Arizona. I mean, I had time to work out whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to i mean get back in shape i mean that first fall was was i pushed myself pretty good and yeah. it turned out pretty well dude i think uh because you so we're that that region i played in that region too i i went to pima i don't i don't even remember did we ever play against each other no i don't think we no, did no you, i think left the yeah track, yeah right? okay um but i don't think they get enough respect that that arizona league for like junior college at least because 
I have teammates in Kansas right now at my current school, and they all went. They're in the Jayhawk. So, and we have some other guys from like Region Five down in Texas, and they're like, "Oh, dude, we're top tier. We're we're top of the top." And I was like, "Dude, I don't I don't think you guys are. I think Arizona Junior College is." I mean, it's it's good. It's up there. I definitely top three because it's wood bat, and you're facing good competition, good arms. I mean, you came out of there. A um, bunch of other guys, you know, Central Arizona's there. So I mean, you got to face good guys. Yeah, when I when I was there, I I kind of noticed half the team is elite elite players, and uh-huh. then the other half of the team is pretty average. Yeah, so it's a little bit of like a like a steeper drop but off. Every team has Division One guys. Your guys getting drafted. I mean, this past year. We had, I mean, when I not this past year, but the year I left, I mean, we had probably twenty guys go in Division One, and we had yeah. like six guys drafted. Like it was, every team had really good guys, mm-hmm. um, and it seemed like, I mean, there were scouts at almost every game. Right. Well, I mean, dude, one uh, my so my second year at Pima, our first series was against College of Southern Nevada, um, so where Bryce Harper went CSN. And at the time, they were like number two. I think they were ranked number one in the nation. And at the time, it was like the COVID restrictions. And we pulled up to the field, and nobody was allowed at the games. Like no fans. The only people who were allowed were scouts. Our entire like you've played at Pima, right? Yeah. The entire backstands was filled with scouts. There's probably a hundred there from every D one that entire area every d2 like every every school was there and every pro team was there and the entire all weekend it was just guns cameras well i mean it's it's so intimidating because junior college you maybe have 50 fans like you're lucky if you have 50 fans and then you show up and like there's the we have like a juco showcase and i'm sure other other conferences do but you show up and there's a hundred scouts there and like Mm -hmm. if you're pitching you can see everyone like if you're hitting you're just looking at the pitcher but if you're pitching you look up and as soon as you start your your like wind up or whatever, there's like right. 70 guns that are at you. And it's kind of intimidating, but it's actually really cool. Well, I think the best feeling is when you go out there and there's scouts and they're not, they don't gun you at first. And then you throw like one pitch and then the next pitch, you see like four guns go up and you're like, oh, it's cool. Dude, I must be throwing. All right. All right. Feeling good. But, uh, oh, dude, you, uh, what, what were you up to at junior college? Cause you're a, you're a sinker guy. I yeah, think... well, I, I wasn't a singer guy in junior college. I developed that pitch my second year okay. just on my own, just uh-huh. because I was only throwing two pitches. Right. I was only throwing a fastball and a slider as a starter, and I figured that probably wasn't going to cut it mm-hmm. if I move on. And so um, my freshman year, I was worried about velo just because I had been pitching two years, and so I was like really, really trying to dial it up. And one game I played Scottsdale at Scottsdale, and they had me at the gun. I was – I felt juice that day. I mean, I, yeah. it was just a really good day. Like we had the game delayed because the field was wet, but I don't know. It was just kind of a really good day on the road. And I was sit, I was 90, 92 and I hit a 94 against their guys. And I was, I was yeah. juiced that day, had a lot of caffeine <laughs> and I got up there and, and they were like, they were, they didn't, they weren't gunning me at first. And then they had their guys go back there and they were gunning me just cause I don't know. I don't know why, but I mean, it was really good that day, and they had me up to 94. So that's that's the highest I've hit. I've hit it, I've hit it twice here when we played EPCC and then at Scottsdale. But I'm generally high 80s, 80, yeah. 89. Yeah, um, but you spot up. That's the thing. Yeah, my second year, I was I was a little little more on the command side just because right. my freshman year, I, I tend to walk a lot of guys. I was worried mm-hmm. about Velo, so I was just walking a bunch of guys. But I figured, you know, they don't want people – they don't want to recruit pitchers that walk people. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll probably spot up. So I did that quite a bit my second year, and it, it paid off quite well. Well, I think it's like a sliding scale. You have to be good. You, ha- you have to have velo. Yeah. But you also have to be able to control it. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys will go too far one way or too far the other. I know in the past, for, for myself, I've gone too far the velo route. And then, like, in the last, like, year and two years, I've had to, like, rework it and be like, all right, like, we got to focus more on command, get getting in the zone, putting that ball in the imaginary square. Yeah. So, um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, going back to Arizona or back to your junior college days is going against, like, Central Arizona. And because you, if you, I remember correctly, you shoved against them, right? My, my second year. Yeah, yes. your second year there. I think you, you said they were, like, their only loss in conference. Yeah, I was, you... I was no, I was their only shutout of the year. So, so they... that's that's for for those of you that do not know, Central Arizona has some fucking dudes on that team. Yeah, and like so they they hit. My this this last year, um, 
I I had I think four or five strikeouts, seven innings, shutout game. Um and I mean it was it was just a great game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was battling some inflammation mm-hmm. um towards the end of the year, but um, you know, it was it was central Arizona. We still had a chance at the playoffs. I mean, I was feeling good and I knew I needed to throw really well. Um and at that time they were ranked number one by PBR for junior college. And so I just, I was like, I don't know. It, it, I was having a good year. I was sub two ERA and I was feeling really good as a starter. And I mean, my defense made some really good plays. We ended up winning two zero yeah. scored a run in the first and a run in like the fifth. Um, and I just found a way to get out of it. Um, there was like, I think we had bases loaded one out mm-hmm. and they had their eight or nine hole up. Um, I got to a full count and everyone was like, I mean, there were scouts there, obviously I mean, right. central Arizona. And I was able to throw a three, two slider down the middle um to strike him out and everyone was going crazy i mean it was it was fantastic we had more fans than usual obviously i mean mm-hmm. it was 100 150 um and then just ended up closing out the game and yeah ended up winning so it was nice well i'm sure that also like turned a lot of heads like for you um i, I don't know if you were getting looked at before i'm sure you were but like i know um in the summer i think you you said the cubs called you like leading up to the draft or they emailed you something like that yeah yeah i mean i, I got an email saying you know, finish out my draft profile mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it was good. I mean, they, they did see me at central. Yeah. Um, the nice thing was I, I pitched really well against South mountain and central and both their coaches knew the Creighton coaches at that, at that time I already signed. I decided to sign as fall. Yeah. Just cause I didn't want that going into the season. I just mm-hmm. wanted to commit. You want to get that, that pressure off and you're yeah, just like relaxed. So there's no pressure in my, out- well, there's obviously pressure in my outings, but not to get a scholarship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And those coaches were able to call my coaches and said I did a really good job. And so that was kind of – it made me feel really good and a lot of respect to those coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, they One just transferred to Arizona State, and so he's at Arizona State. And, I mean, Arizona State is a fantastic program, and so to hear praise from those coaches was awesome. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. It's, it's always great when you're like, okay, I can I can do this at, like, the next level for yeah. sure. Like, I, I have the stuff to do that. Um, but speaking of Creighton, I wanted to ask – like, I want to ask you uh, – has anything jumped out of you when you once you got there in the fall, like a little bit different? Um, maybe like their processes. I think I mean, there's so much support. I mean, uh-huh. I have like we have like a mental health coach, a nutritionist, a weights coach, um, pitching coach. I mean, Eastern Arizona, we didn't have the most resources. So I mean, we have indoor facilities, stuff that we can work in whenever we want. Mm-hmm. And like we have, I don't know, academic advisor it's just really, really nice. And they look out for you. So you can work as hard as you can. Yeah. I mean, my team, our work ethic is, is fantastic. Like we have a lot of guys that are in there multiple hours a day, every day. And I mean, I, everyone just seems a lot more driven. Yeah. I had division one, obviously not obviously, but it just seems like people really want to be there and Mm -hmm. work. I mean, junior college, I mean, there's some guys that don't want to, Yeah. quite frankly. I mean, that's just what, that's just what junior college is. And so division one, I, I mean, everyone's there for a reason and everyone's fighting for spots. So it makes it kind of tough, but it's actually really, really fun because we have a lot of good guys on our team. Yeah, no. And then you guys just all feed off of that energy and just keep wanting to get like push each other harder. Yeah. Yeah. Like we played Omaha in the fall and I mean, we, we killed them. I mean, we had like, <laughs> we had like 10 runs in the first two innings and they had to flip like multiple times because they couldn't get three outs and, I mean, our energy is just off the charts. Like you, we have forty guys that are yelling, and when there's a strikeout or a yeah. gap, and I mean, our energy is just unmatched. It's just, it's just great. I mean, there's all forty guys bought in, mm. ready to win a baseball game. They're all trying to win. Yeah, I think uh, last year, so for us at least, one of the issues we ran into is our pitching staff is insanely loud in the dugout. Like we get we're rowdy dude like we, we're it's electric in there but once like the fifth sixth inning rolls around like a lot of the guys that are loud they end up going down to the pen to uh start warming up in case they have to go into the game so the dugout gets pretty quiet so one of the issues like our coach was dealing with last year is having to like after like by like the sixth inning it was like it would get really dead in the dugout and our coach was like always on us like dude you guys got to keep the energy going everything like that and us as pitchers because it was usually always us like screaming, yelling. And we're like, we had to like get on the position players a little bit. Cause we're like, Hey dude, like you got to pick your guys up, man. You know, we can't always be in there yelling, screaming, but 
we would still do that from the bullpen. You know, a little fun stuff. Pick me up. I mean, you see the videos on Instagram, like NCAA from the, you know, like crazy stuff. Yeah, they're all dancing in the pen, dude. The yeah. Whatever. I mean, if you're playing for a team like that, like no one cares if you strike out. Like, yeah. If you strike out and your team's doing it in the bullpen, like you're going to go out there and you're still going to play hard. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of teams. I think it's a big difference between junior college and division one is like the energy and just wanting to be there and, more of just like you bounce back and you're playing hard for your team a little bit more because mm-hmm. I don't know it seemed like sometimes junior college like everyone was like oh I'm just trying to get a scholarship and once I get a scholarship yeah. like I'm just gonna play for that um but like division one like you're not gonna get a scholarship and like very few people play pro like you can work towards that but it's more towards winning games and trying mm-hmm. to make close season and stuff like that yeah my coach this fall so we were doing we had a lot of issues this fall just because it was a little bit of a newer team we had a lot of new guys and he's trying to just really instill the culture that he's worked hard to develop over the years. And one of the things like he, we were getting yelled at for doing something, it was something stupid. I can't remember exactly what, but he was like, look, like at the end of the day, the only currency that matters right now is wins. Nobody, nobody gives a shit what else is going on. All that matters is can you fucking win on the field? That's the only currency that matters in baseball. Yeah. And we, our coach is really big because we play in the stadium, obviously. And it's so it can get really loud in there. Mm-hmm. And so our coach is super big on being really loud in practice. So whenever you're playing in really loud environments and like Lincoln, Nebraska, whenever we play Nebraska, we play them four or five times this year, or we're playing at the stadium or we're playing at Stanford or wherever it is that like, it's really, it's not going to affect you. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big thing. If we like practice and play harder than we would in the game, then it's the game is really slow whenever you play the actual game. And so that's a big thing that we do at Creighton just because we know whenever we play Nebraska, there'll be 10,000 that'll be chirping mm-hmm. in the bullpen. You're going to go into the game. Oh dude, it's fun. I'm telling you get, yeah. I, I've only experienced that handful of times because going to smaller schools, but like once you get, when, when fans are chirping you in the pen, Oh dude, it's, it honestly fires you up. Like, yeah, unless, unless it gets to a certain point where they're just like verbally fucking harassing you for nine innings. Yeah. I mean, we but, our bullpen catcher last year, I talked to him, super cool guy. And he, he was like, yeah, they're kind of ruthless, but it's super fun. Yeah. Because they're, they're not like, they're not jerks about it. They'll be like chirping you. But after the pitcher goes in, they would say like, Oh, that was pretty funny. Or I don't know. They just, they're just nice about it. They're just trying yeah. to get in your head. Well, but, you, you got to take it for what it is. You know, they're just there to have, have fun. And let's be honest, it's Nebraska, Nebraska. It's, it's Nebraska. Nebraska. And they're probably college students that have had a few drinks. Like, yeah. let's be honest. So they're just out there just having a good time. So don't like, honestly, just take it like a grain of salt. Man. I mean, you see Nebraska for football. You see Nebraska for volleyball. Uh-huh. They're, there's a lot of fans and they're really into their sports. So, I mean, you kind of have to expect it. Mm. It's not like we're going into Nebraska, going into Lincoln and not expecting that whenever we're going to play them. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to love that experience, though. Like, it's 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 one of those things that not a lot of people get to experience, and you're going to be able to go through that. So I'm sure you'll love that memory when, looking yeah. back on it in 15, 20 years. Um, but I want to ask you about the the field. So you guys, if for anyone that doesn't know, Creighton plays at the home of the College World Series. That's your home field. Is that field actually, like, truly the graveyard that it looks like on TV? Because that place looks massive. It's – I I, sh- I showed up on my visit, and I thought it was big. But I didn't think it was that big. Like, yeah. even on like the bottom row, you don't realize how far back those seats go. Mm-hmm. Like, there are hundreds of rows. And it just fits so many people. Yeah, And it seems like every seat is still really close and still has a really good view. Which is kind of surprising. But it's just it's just so nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I we haven't been able to be there this fall just because there's a lot of concerts and they kind of tore up the field. So oh, they're having okay. to redo it. But... Where, where were you guys going? We have a practice field on oh, campus, okay, okay. but it's, I mean, it, it's just awesome. Yeah. It's just so cool. Yeah. I mean, there'll be a thousand people there and it seems like there's nobody there. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous how many people it holds and how big it really is. Yeah. I'm sure like someone catches a barrel there in the fall or like when there's nobody there and you're like, it just echoes throughout it's the stadium. So and you're like, it's so loud. Shit. Yeah. I Did- mean, I was there whenever they played UConn and, like they catch a barrel and it's 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 really nice yeah it's super cool i uh who, who are you looking forward to playing most this year is there a team in particular you're like dude i can't wait um i mean stanford i mean we play stanford this year we play coastal carolina this year obviously we're excited for uconn and xavier mm-hmm. um 
the in the preseason rankings they kind of ranked us at four which was kind of upsetting for us and so we're 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 kind of looking forward to conference play and going yeah what what conference you guys in we're in the big east conference okay okay so we have uconn xavier villanova seton hall gotcha um kind of fell short this past year but um i think we're having a good team this year we have a really athletic team yeah how you how you like any guys in particular that jump out i mean everyone is just super athletic like we uh we have Teddy Peters in right field and he hits the ball. It's it seems like every time he hits the ball is a hundred exit block. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean we had two preseason all I mean two preseason all big east. I mean Jack Grace, he's six four, two hundred and twenty pounds of solid muscle. I mean, the guy's just huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean our pitching staff, we have 15, 20 guys that can strike people out and get people out really easily. Like we have our our fall was fantastic. We had a really good fall. Nice. So I mean, we're just well rounded and we have athletic is not gonna be our uh, we're not going to fall short being athletic. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you know what role they're going to put you in? I think we talked about it a little bit. Not entirely. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they, they would like me come out of the pen or maybe even start. Uh-huh. Um, they know I can go long just based on, I threw a hundred pitches every week. It seemed like um, whenever I was at junior college this past year. And so they're not entirely sure. They're still figuring that out, but I would say probably a reliever. Nice. Come out of the pen for a yeah, long dude. relief. Come out for in 92, 93 sinkers, dude. Just blow some yeah. dudes up and on the hands, some right. Yeah, I developed that this this past year at junior college. And I didn't really throw it much this fall. And, and my coach was curious about it just because I, I don't stride for I don't use my legs very much. And so I'm really downhill. And so I throw a, a two-seam sinker that moves quite a bit. So I was develop I was able to develop that and use that towards the end of my sophomore year. Yeah, I think when we were talking about it the other day, we were catching up because you just got back into town, like, I think, what was it, last week? Yeah. Last week you, were, you came week, in? Week, two weeks ago. Yeah, and um, you said that they wanted to, like, up the usage of it. Yeah, yeah, so I I didn't throw that very much at all this fall, but then I kind of developed it towards our the end of the fall, and, and he, he saw it, and it said, on track, man, it's a really good pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's moving 13 to 18 inches as a fastball and it's still up there velo wise. And so they're, they're wanting me to get up to the point where I'm using that 90% of my fastball. Um, and I still have the four seam fastball, but it kind of stays up. I spin it really well. I have long, I have big hands. So it's able to stay up and complement my sinker. And so they want me throwing that quite a bit. And they said they want me to get to the point where it's two Oh, and I can just throw that down the middle mm-hmm. like a normal fastball. And it'll be two one, or I get a rollover two zero, or whatever it is. Best feeling in the world is it's when fantastic. you get, when you get behind like a hitter, and then you're like, all right, let me throw one here. Like it, it, for me, it's changeups. If I can get like a two one, two zero, three zero changeup, and they swing and pop up or like roll over, I'm like, ah, I mean, let's go. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're getting a two zero rollover or a two zero out. I mean, that's just going to kill the enemy. Dude, the, the only good start I've ever had in college, I I threw against Fort Hayes State um, in a midweek game, and I went like five and two-thirds innings, five and a third. I don't remember exactly. But I think I threw three breaking balls the entire day, and I was literally just fastball changeup. Yeah. And in like the fourth inning, their best player, um, he came up. I got 3-0 on him, and then our coach was like, fuck it, changeup, just throw down a changeup. I threw one just right down the middle, and he – took a giant hack, popped it straight up to the right, to the third baseman. And then I just hear, like, as I'm, like, doing my, like, they're doing the throw around, and I just hear him getting bitched out by the coach for swinging 3-0. He's like, you fucking, he's like, that's not a good, not a good swing. Like, that's not a team swing, man. What are you doing swinging 3-0? We're down. And I was like. Junior college or whatever it is, you can hear it in the dugout. I mean, there's not fans to, like, block it out. You can hear everything. And so it's really fun as a pitcher whenever – you know, you get – we were playing Pima where you played, mm-hmm. and we got – I got a guy late inning, sixth inning, one out. I, I got him to roll over into a double play, and he gets in the dugout, and he, like, throws his helmet, and he gets kicked out of the game. He's, like, their best player. He was a Juco All-American. He gets th- thrown out of the game, and I don't know. It's, it's a good feeling as a pitcher. It's like, hey, I mean, if he's that mad, I must be doing something right. Yeah. And so I got their best hitter out of the game for just getting a rollover double play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I actually have a funny story from Pima. It involves my friend uh, James Cobalt. He was my roommate. And so, I I mean, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, like, I didn't like my time at Pima. Um, I just wasn't a good fit for me, and, you know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. So I, I wasn't performing well. I didn't get along with the coaches, not a lot of the players. But James was my guy. He was, like, one of my really close friends there. Still talk to him to this day. Um, but 
we had a game and our like team captain, great dude. I love his name's Alex Kelch. Um, good dude, super quiet, like really con- like usually under control. And he got rung up on a really bad pitch. And he the first time I've ever seen it, he showed emotion and he walked back to the dugout, like through his helmet, and he was like, That's fucking bullshit. And the umpire was like, Who said that? And our coach, our coach immediately, our James wasn't playing. He he didn't play like at all. And he was there, he immediately was like, number 38, James Coble. James was like on the side of the dog. He's like, What? <laughs> He's like, get him out of here. <laughs> my, my buddy was like, What the fuck? <laughs> so they kicked him out. Was it, Hawkeye the coach? Is it yeah. Hawkeye? Oh, it was okay. him that he was it was him that did that. And I understood like he didn't want Kelch to come out of the game because it was a big series. I forgot who it was against. It may have been against Central Arizona, or I think it was either Central or Yavapai. But he did that. And honestly, I was like, that's kind of fucked up, dude. Like he didn't do anything. But James, like he like I'm sure he'll air me out for this, but he he's not there anymore. He's at a he's at a, a four-year in California. But he was like, honestly, I didn't really care. He's like, I wasn't gonna play anyways. Um, he's like, I just wanted to go see the Mets play because he's like a diehard Mets fan. So yeah. he literally just went. He left like it was in the very back of like the stadium, I guess, watching the Mets play on his phone because he was like, oh, I'd rather just watch this than if I'm if he's gonna eject me for no reason. I mean, that's junior college baseball. I mean that. Yeah. We have we have a couple we had a couple hotheads on our team and they would get kicked out and. You just go sit on the bus on an away game, and you're just sitting there because we've had du- it's double headers in our conference, mm-hmm. and so they're just sitting on the bus for four hours, not knowing what to do, or you just kind of sit there. Yeah. Oh well. I don't know. Um. So going back to like the two two o two one pitches, you know, you're a starter, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, or you were a starter at junior college. Hopefully, you can be a starter again at Creighton. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um. But I think uh the ability to like land off speed pitches for strikes behind in the count. Oh, dude, it's huge. I'm sure, like, were you are you good at that? Yeah, or... I mean, that's that's what got me my scholarship. We, like I said, we have the showcase, and that's where Creighton saw me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was we get you get like three hitters, and I was behind three two to a to a hitter, and I just threw a slider in there, and I got a swing and miss, mm-hmm. um, to get the strikeout. And they're like, hey, we really like how you can throw two pitches for strikes and stuff well, like that. So I do. I was talking here. I'm gonna hit this TV because I want to show you something. I was talking to Tony Torres because he was throwing like a simulated bullpen the other day, and he so he's one of our junior college guys. He goes to EPCC right now, and he's coming back from a he had a forearm strain, so he's building back up. But um, he was throwing, and he had like a full count, like simulated full count on the guy, and he went slider, and he threw it, yanked it like bad. And I was like, "Yeah, man, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I mean, he's a slider." I was like, "Dude, it's a full count." Like my coach, one thing my coach that I really agree with him on is he thinks that the first pitch off speed and a full count off speed should be the same pitch. Because most of the time they're not expecting it unless you're got like unless you've been doing it nonstop all game, then they're probably expecting it. But for me, at least as a bullpen guy, like throwing it over the plate a lot of the times is not gonna get you hammered unless they're sitting dead red off speed. Yeah, it's hard, especially in a full count. Everyone's scared to strike out. Yeah. I mean, no one's gonna be like full count I want to put something over the fence. Like it's obviously a two they have a two strike approach or something, like they don't want to strike out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to show you because I, I showed Tony this because there I'll go. I got to find it. It's on my Instagram. Um, we were playing Missouri, Missouri Southern in playoffs. Right. And they had a guy that hit like 25 jacks, something like that. Right. And we're in playoffs and my dumbass walks the bases loaded. I, I like hit a guy, then walk two guys. And I was like, well, fuck, I better nut up or shut up. So, yeah, right here. I don't know if you can see it's a little five four. Yeah, it was a close game. It, it was like if we lost this game, we were going home. It was like an elimination game. And their best hitter was this big lefty, not this guy. I'll, I'll tell you when he comes up. But I literally threw him a cock shot curveball down the middle on a like a full count, and he just whiffed on it completely. Let's see where where is it at? This one. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a big hack. He, yeah. he took that hack, and I was like, like I saw him about to swing, and I was like, oh shit! I was like. Oh, it's going in the zone. I mean, if you're throwing an off speed down the middle full count, most of the time they're not going to swing. Yeah, or or or, and if they do swing, they're going to get too big and roll over, pop up, or just whiff like that guy did. Yeah, and that's that's what I was trying to explain to Tony. I was like, dude, like it doesn't have to be the most perfect pitch, especially like once you get to like pro ball, it's a different different ball game. So this is just like for like uh like junior college college level, um, like they're not. 
the hitters are really not as good as people make them out to be. Yeah. They'll we, get themselves out a lot of the time. Yeah. At Creighton, we're really big in like our statistics and strike percentage and stuff like that. And we talked about if you're throwing a first pitch strike, they get out 93% of the time. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would say that's pretty good odds. Like the Eagles tush push or whatever, that's 93% of the time. And they do it all the time yeah. and it works every time it seems like. Mm-hmm. And so if you can throw a first pitch strike, like you were talking about your three, two and your first pitch off speed should be the same. If you can throw an off speed for a first pitch strike, they're either going to take it for a strike and you're up 0-1 or 93% of the time they're going to get out whenever they swing. And so if you're able to command two pitches, that's what they really pushed whenever they were recruiting me. They said, hey, like you can throw your fastball and your slider for strike whenever you want in any count. That's what we need. And so I think a lot of people are so worried about their fastball. They don't develop a second pitch that they can throw in any count. Yeah. And so that kind of kills a lot of pitchers. Um, especially looking at like numbers and below and like you were talking about like having um, a good mix of both um, having two pitches can be really really effective yeah and I I think you can just honestly you can just play around with grips like in catch play and stuff I know like I in the summer I don't know if you saw me throw live you may have already left but I just started fucking around with like cutters and sinkers like I found a grip I was like oh let's try this and I was just like throwing like you know what I mean I was like let's see if this works get it I mean it's practice you know, that, that's the thing. A lot of guys, they get so like, ah, everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be perfect, perfect, perfect. It's like, dude, just relax. You're practicing right now, man. Like work out the kinks here. So that way, when you get into the game, you're not thinking about it and you just perform. Yeah. But I think, well, especially pitching, like you can't be tense. Yeah. You can't do it. And like a lot of, that's why a lot of pitchers in, in the pros have like mental coaches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we have that as well at Creighton. And so I mean, you can't be tense or else you're going to open up or your mechanics are going to get all a whack. And so I feel like especially practicing that in practice would and will help if you're just like messing around, not messing around, but you're obviously working, but not working so intensely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One. So I was yesterday I threw a bullpen. Um, My old pitching coach, he's now with the Texas Rangers. I know you you know him, Julio Valdez. He's a pitching coordinator with them, but he's in town and I was throwing with him. And he was after our bullpens because Will Gross also threw. And we were talking and he was talking about like thought process on like days where you feel good. So like say you have a really good outing. He's like, you should try to chase like what you were doing, like how everything felt. That That's what you got to try to work towards to build like that consistency. And he was talking about it more in like the mechanical sense. But then I told him, I was like, well, when I'm pitching good, I don't try to chase like the mechanics when I'm pitching in game. I try to chase like the mental state that I'm yeah. in. Cause you know, I, I'm sure you've experienced it before where you get like that out of body, like brain fog almost where you're just dealing and then you're like, Oh shit, game's almost over. No. Yeah. You look at the scoreboard and it's like, it's the sixth inning. Like yeah. there's only nine more outs. Uh-huh. Like, I'm down to single digit outs. And it's, it's like, it seems like every time it's innings like three through six, I just are you kind of have a brain fog. The and blur. It's like, Oh wait, we're almost done. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of you can get in your head at that point and it could mess you up. But obviously you got to practice that and, and get used to that. One thing that um, we have these team meetings twice a week. We're reading a book called Legacy. It's about the All Blacks rugby team. Okay. And it talks about a bunch of different things. Um, but one thing that we brought up is some of our players keep like journals mm-hmm. after their outings or, or after their at bats that day. And it's kind of nice. I mean, I, I tried doing it. And just like writing down your thoughts before and after your your pen and what happened. And when you look back like two, three weeks later, it's it, it's it's crazy how much different you think day to day. And you can kind of see like a trend of what's working, what's not. And so I tried doing that and that really works. Um, you know, not a lot of people do it or it doesn't seem fine. But like if you really want to work on the mental side, like you, if you write it down, you're actually going to remember everything. Yeah. especially like right after like if you're doing you do your arm care and then you write down before you work out i kind of take a break before you work out especially here at the facility i mean it's kind of nice and it works it, it helps me out quite a bit yeah well so i actually saw this on i forgot who it was i saw it the other day on instagram um but the guy was like all right so what's what's four plus four and i was like it's, it's eight he's like all right you can do that in your head pretty easy he's like what's four four thousand two hundred eighty plus six hundred and thirty five and he's like, you could be doing it in your head. But he's like, if you're like a whiz, you could probably do it in your head, but you're probably going to grab a piece of paper. You're like, all right, but it's it's an addition problem. You're just adding. He's like, but you're going to want to get a piece of paper, write that down. And that's not the most complex math problem, but you want to write it down. Right. He's like, how can you, 
as like if you're trying to like perform better or get mentally sharper how can you write out what you like what you want to do and just keep it in your mind it's so complex sometimes you just have to put pen to paper write down your thoughts like what's every everything's going on so that you can get like a visual representation of what you need to do well then like two weeks later you're not going to remember say you do say uh-huh. you do a math problem you're not going to remember the math problem two weeks later mm-hmm. until it's like unless you write it down and you look back and oh i remember doing that mm-hmm. um i think like you can only not only go so far but with the game of baseball like a division one level you can get really 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 athletic and there's a lot of athletic players but there's not too many people i think the mental side is like a completely different aspect yeah and so if you you got to train that as well and so I think writing stuff down and, and, and kind of talk about how you're feeling really helps. Yeah. I, I think for me, for me, I've tried it. It does not work for me. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing right. for other guys. It works, but for me, I'm more the less thinking I have to do the better. That's true. That's what I found just for myself. That's what works for me. So like, I don't want to think about, Whoa, should I throw this pitch in this count? Which is why I was such a bad, like, this is why I wasn't able to be a starter at the college level because I would like get in. I'm like, all right, I got to pitch this guy this way because next inning I'm going to try to set him up with this pitch. And then I was thinking way too much. And then I just wasn't able to execute. I'd rather just get in there, fucking execute and then get out, you know, um, collect outs, if you will. But yeah. So, I guess, I guess my thinking is a little different just because, like, in my head, I get on the mound and I have like, oh, well, I could throw a slider or, or I could do this. And I just have like a million things like, okay, make sure you get your arm down and around or make sure you really stretch. And I have like all these mechanical things going on in my head and it kind of, I'm not throwing strikes. And mm-hmm. so it, it kind of helps me simplify whenever I write it down. It's like, okay, I thought about all this. I can work on this in practice. And like, whenever I get in the game, it's just throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of eliminates a lot of the thoughts that I have in my head whenever I'm pitching. Yeah, I, I think a, a little bit of a difference between starters and relievers, at least. Because yeah. relievers, you're going to throw like for a college schedule, say you, you have like a midweek game and then you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you're on the D1 schedule. And then also my conference, we're on the D1 schedule. We play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but that's four. You have four opportunities to throw in a game as a reliever. If you're a starter, you're usually only throwing unless you're like a midweek guy. Yeah, you're usually throwing once a week. So you you have the ability to think about all that stuff. But as a reliever, you really don't have the luxury to be like the think back on outings. You just got to go collect outings and go one at a time. Yeah. There's kind of a pressure as a starter. You want to go as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my sophomore year this past year, I wanted to throw a complete game every time. Yeah. It's not that I didn't have faith in like my bullpen or my closers or anything. Like that. It was more of just like, I want to do this. And yeah. I want to, I want to win this game. And I was able to do that. I think I got, I got pulled like once or twice this past year. Yeah. And I knew when my pitch count was getting a little high. Cause I would ask what my pitch count is. I knew right around, he would, he would pull me right around a hundred, 105 pitches. And so I was like, okay, I have this many pitches left before I'm out of the game and I have to pitch next week. Like I have to wait. And obviously I want my stats to be better. And so I, I think I got up to like 70, 72 innings and I was like, okay, that's pretty good. But I, I wish I could have gotten 80 or 85 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's in the back of your mind, whenever you're pitching in the third or fourth inning, it's like, okay, I'm running out of pitches. I got to like do this and, and go right after him and stuff. So there's a lot of, just a lot of things going in your head, especially as a starter. Yeah. We had uh this past year we had, Oh dude, a lifesaver. We, we, I don't think I don't know if your bullpen has ever thanked you for that, but like when you go deep in a game, oh geez, they thank you. We are we are thanking you. I know for me at least because we we had a we had a workhorse last year. His name was Garrett Vandeventer. He's a left-handed pitcher, softer guy. I mean, I think he only got up to like eighty-seven, but he was a changeup, could spot up like a motherfucker, and he would just grind through games. I think he only had like two bad outings all year. But he was usually seven innings every single time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, lifesaver! We had one game when it was freezing cold. I think it was our first conference game, um, like thirty degrees. Real feel was fifteen, and I go and like we're playing. It's a close game. He's shoving. He's at like a hundred and five pitches in the eighth inning, and our coach is like, "Hey, Preve, go get hot." And you know, I'm all bundled up. You know, I got all my layers on, so I'm like, so I take everything off. I'm getting loose, and then. He calls like radios down to the pen. He's like, actually, he's gonna go out for the ninth. So just hang tight, stay warm. But in case we need you, dude, shove, man. I think he finished the game, or, or he was at 105 by like the s- seventh inning. I think. Yeah. Finished the game at like 128 pitches, but shut out in like 30 degree weather. Oh, dude, I love, dude. I was like, I need to buy you something. <laughs> like, no, thank mean, it, you. It's. I was lucky in junior college. We we play a seven inning game and then a nine inning game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Which one would you throw? I would throw the first game. So I throw the oh, seven inning game. Okay. So I was trying to go seven innings every time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's 21 outs. Like I would, I would kind of count the outs in my head and say, like, okay, I have 21 outs. I have 15 outs or whatever I have left. Um, and that central game that we were talking about earlier, I mean, I think I threw 120 pitches or something like that, but I got to like the fifth or sixth and I was rolling. I was juiced. And I was like, Hey coach, you're not taking me out. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to win this game. It's central Arizona. Like, and nobody, he didn't even let anybody get warm in the pen, which was really nice. Um, and so, I mean, my coach trusted me after all that time and I was able to throw the entire seven inning game and people were hyped. Our closer was like, thanks so much. Like now I can build this next game. And, blah, yeah. blah. and so, I mean, it's just your teammates support you whenever you're rolling. I mm-hmm. mean, well, good, good teammates will support you when you're yeah. rolling. They're, they're not going to be like, uh, like, I hope he comes out of the game, everything like that. Yeah, so. I remember getting through the sixth inning and I still have 20 pitches like left or whatever. And they're like, okay, he's going to finish the game. And like, Mm-hmm. All the high fives when you're walking off the mound after the six, like they're all hyped for you, especially when it's a close game. And so yeah. it's, it's really a nice feeling. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's right. And I'm sure that's just like, like you said, um, the difference between like D1 or like a four year school and a junior college, I'm sure that's going to be even better now because yeah. guys like, you know, they're at their four year school now. So they're not really trying to think about like, oh, where's, where's two next? Yeah. They, they really take that like individual aspect out of it. And it's more of like a, a team mentality. Yeah. We have a grad student. His name's Dan Hammond. And he he has the loudest like his voice just projects everywhere. He's uh-huh. so loud, and so like in the bullpen, he'll he'll be in the bullpen, he'll be in the dugout because he's a he's a bullpen arm. But he's, I mean, you can hear him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like the entire crowd can hear this guy just talking in the bullpen, and or, or talking in the dugout or wherever it is. And he is so supportive, and so like having that in the dugout is just a game changer. Yeah, no, no, that's you always got to have like that guy to turn to. That's picking up the energy getting going for for us last year that was uh we had um our first baseman was super loud he's the same way he's my roommate last year awesome dude his name's jenner Steele. um he won the conference like co-player of the year here i'll, I'll pull the video a couple of videos of him absolutely destroying baseballs because that was what he did dude he wasn't the best on defense i he, he'll admit that to you because he's like probably about my height but uh Let's see. He can put a ball 500 feet. Oh, dude, easily. He's probably a little bit taller than me, but like 240. Yeah, like that's him. Yeah, he's a big kid. He's a big boy, dude. Awesome dude. Like really, really good guy. Um, but he was he was super loud and animated. But like you need that on a team. But yeah, like he had we had one series, he had four home runs in one series here. <laughs> like just teen off, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we also have a couple pitchers, you know, my, my, uh, I'm, I'm really not like, like I'll get rowdy, but at the end of the day, I'm just focused on competing and yeah. producing, you know? So like, I will get, I will get loud when I need to. Um, but for the most part, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit more reserved compared to other people. Uh, but like my, my throwing partner, um, another guy, Lance Olson, great dude. Uh, he's super, he's a, he's, a, he's a jar. He's yeah. a yapper. He'll uh he'll get on people and it's it's pretty funny to watch but you, you you definitely need those guys on your team. Yeah, so we have a lot of transfers on our team. I mean the transfer portal's huge now, mm-hmm. and we had a guy transferred from St. Thomas to Creighton, and he pitched against Creighton last year, and he was like, I just remember playing Creighton, and they're just like not a team you want to play. They're just not a team you want to pitch uh-huh. against, just because they're in your head and they're yelling at you for nine innings. I mean, he ended up throwing five innings and did really well. I mean, he's a really good pitcher, but he's just like it just wasn't fun. Yeah. Because they're just yelling all the time, like, and Creighton ended up winning the game, and they're like, it's it's demoralizing if they're yelling at you for nine innings and then you lose the game. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the energy is just it's it's a difference. Maker. Do you guys have a, a whole lot of transfers this year? I know you're new, but yeah, no, I mean, we get I think half our team is transfers. I think we have over ten guys that are transfers. Okay, um, and then we've only signed three guys this fall, and I'm sure our coaches will be busy in the transfer portal. Um, our coach is really big on experience. And so I think half our team are grad guys. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, transfer portal is just going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's game changer. I mean, I was talking, I had Mo uh, Mauricio Milan on here the other day and he's got, they got an entire like new team. I think he said only like 10 guys came back from the year before because yeah. they got a new coaching staff, but that entire new cast of characters to work with. So I just think it's a risk reward. Like you have to be really good at uh-huh. recruiting because, Oh, I'm sure all these coaches know each other and can like talk about the players and, and what's good and what's, what's bad. And so 
transfer portal, I think would be really good, but it can also hurt your team quite a bit because there's a reason they're leaving. Um, and so it could be risky, but I mean, our team has turned out really, we have some fantastic guys on our team. Yeah, no, I, I think the, I know everyone's always saying they're like, oh, we got to put regulations now on the transfer portal because yeah. I mean, I, I know. So when I was talking to Mo, he, he went into the transfer portal because they got a new coaching staff. He wasn't sure if the new coaches were going to honor his scholarship still. So he went into the portal and uh, he said within five minutes, he was getting calls from schools, right? which is ridiculous. So they're just on there sniping guys like the left and right. Yeah. The crazy thing is like the same guy that transferred from St. Thomas to us, he said he went in the transfer portal and he said he got offers, but he was like, yeah, it's so fast. He's mm-hmm. like, they want you to decide within a couple days. They're like, okay, we'll throw you this offer. You have 48 hours. Yeah. And it's like from five different schools. And so it's kind of a quick process. I mean, they're trying to pick up guys really quick and they're looking at stats and talking to people. I mean, it's probably really busy for these coaches. It's probably fucking hectic. It's, yeah. it's just... The numbers and the calls and uh-huh. stuff like that. But I mean, it. I think it's really effective assembling a team. Yeah. Um. I mean, it. It. I've seen it work out. I've seen it not work out, but it's just crazy to me how fast it is. Yeah. Do you, do you like your new coach? The coaches you have there? The coaches I have are fantastic. We have coach Mo who was at LSU and Wichita state mm-hmm. um, and, and in North Dakota. I mean, we have some really good coaches that can talk to you and, and we just have, I mean, like I said, at, at division one level, you just have so much support. Yeah. No, that's always good. It's always good to just get along with your coaches. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. tell, I tell guys that like, especially like your recruiting process, dude, it's, really big if guys are getting like you're able to develop a relationship with your coach before you even get on campus right so like i tell guys to look for that like look to see like if they're not just asking you about baseball maybe like they call you and they're like just want to catch up they want to see like how's everything going in your life like what's going on here yeah so i, I signed last october and you know thanksgiving i catch i get a text from my pitching coach and he's, hey how was your thanksgiving and it's like like yeah. junior college my coaches aren't asking about thanksgiving. right right like they're they're enjoying it with their family. Like there's only two of them. They got stuff to do. And I'm sure, I mean, that's probably when the transfer portal is pretty busy and mm-hmm. this guy's texting me, Hey, how was your Thanksgiving? I mean, it, it, it meant a lot. And I have a really good relationship with my coaches. I feel like, and it makes a difference. Oh, you can go big to time. You can go to them. You can go to them and talk to them. Like, I was like, Hey, I'm kind of struggling with this, this and this this fall. And he's like, okay, let's try this. Let's try this. And my progress from that point on is crazy. Right. Yeah, no, it's uh, I I'm very fortunate that the coach I have, Drew Miles, my head coach, dude, he's awesome, man. I love that guy. Uh, great coach, um, but he's super personable, and he gets to know his guys. And you know, like, I, I, I think people, like, I've known we've had previous teammates and stuff that didn't see eye to eye to him or with him on certain things, but I I always felt like he always had my best interest in mind and the team's best interest in mind, and I always respected him for that. So, um, but yeah, it's – I, I just it's great you're just having playing for someone that you like that likes you um you get that trust factor going and you're like oh dude like i'm confident whenever whatever he decides yeah i mean my the coaches i've had in in college like i'd coach chalmers and he was like 85 86 years old <laughs> i know who you're talking about yeah. yeah no i mean but like just like he wasn't the greatest at baseball but just to go talk to him like he had a, he had like a little ranch Mm-hmm. He's, he's like oh you want to go have lemonade on my front porch and you mm-hmm. just go talk to him and i mean the guy's 86 he has a lot of life experience and so just he told me about bob gibson at creighton and like all these different things and he would tell me all these stories and he always had stories at practice and i mean he's just a really really good guy to talk to yeah and at creighton i mean i have coach service and he's been there for 27 years or something like that and so that's when they were in the the, the missouri valley conference and now we're in the big east and he tells us all the time about you know, what's good in life, what's not good in life. And it's just, I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a difference maker. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, even when you do have like disagreements with them, like if you or like, you're like, Hey, like, I don't understand this completely. Um, a lot of times I'll take the time to sit down with you and like explain yeah. like, Oh, no, so look, I'm trying to do this. We're trying to do that. And they're open. Like they're most of the time coaches like that. They're open to new ideas or to like what your input is. On well, they'll ask you questions about it. They're just not going to be like, oh, no, let's not do that. It's like, yeah. OK, well, why would you even? Yeah, do they that just or... like some I feel like certain like oh, some coaches have had in the past will just stonewall and they're like, no, we're doing it this way. Right. And it's like, well, why? I don't have to have a reason. We're just doing it this way. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Uh, that's that's kind of like the relationship I have with like my strength coach. Um. 
he he's actually very open. I mean, he knows like I, I talk to him. He knows I'm gonna get my stuff done. Yeah. I know like he knows I'm very into like fitness, working out, doing the right workouts. Um, but he he's open to like when I ask him like, hey, can I can I do this movement instead of like this one? And then like here's the reasoning behind it. This is why. And then he'll be like, okay. Sometimes he'll be like, ah, no, like I want you to do this one for this purpose, and I'll be like, all right. But I like that. Um, I think it kind of has to go both ways. If you see a coach like suggest something to you and you actually try it, mm-hmm. then it'll like help out. Like this past fall, um, I was, I only had like the two pitches and he wanted me to develop the sinker and I've, I've thrown it before and he's like, Hey, just try this. Try and throw like across your body. Cause I kept missing outside. I was flying mm-hmm. open. He's like, just try and like landing close and throwing across your body. And I felt like I was throwing like sidearm like, sail. <laughs> But it ended up being like a couple inches. Yeah. And I was throwing you know, darts in the zone. And he's like, you just have to be willing to try it. Like I, a teammate, they wanted him doing the same thing because he was doing the same thing I was. And he was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And so he like purposely like missed arm side on purpose and was just kind of a jerk about it. And it's like, okay, well, how do you expect the coach to listen to you and do whatever you want to do whenever, you know, he's trying to help you out. And he wants you to try something, you don't do it. So it has to go both ways. And it worked out really well for me. And I mean, I've seen a lot of progress with it and like being able to talk with the coach. Yeah. I mean, it's a difference maker. You have to be willing to change as well. You have to give him a couple of weeks, a couple of tries to, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He's there for a reason. Right, right. Exactly. Um, speaking of difference makers, I want to ask you about your lift. Cause you had a new, you had a different, you were doing a little bit of a different lift today. Yeah. Right. You, you have the one that they want you doing at school. You said it was like a flush lift. Can yeah. You, Walk me through that. What, what is it? I mean, it's just get your body. All our workouts, we have, we start out with like a movement lift and uh-huh. then we go lower body and then we go upper body. Okay. Um, And so it's a full body workout every time, um, which is a little different. And so NCAA, we have regulations on how much time we can and do our stuff. And so we have like a timer in the middle of the weight room. And so we, we do full body workouts every time, which is a little different. I mean, obviously some most schools I feel like will do an upper body or a lower body. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt way different. Like my body's not as sore the next day and it, like everything's just flush. Like you were talking about this phase that you're doing. You feel, I love you feel it. good every day. Oh, dude. And like the day after our lifts, like I'll feel sore. Like we do a lot of like pull-ups and grip strength and stuff like that. And, and lats and stuff like that just for pitchers. And like, I'll be like a little sore but I feel really good the next day. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that has changed. I mean, I, I dropped seven pounds, but it was really good seven pounds and I've toned up and I've, I've gotten in really good shape this fall from, from, you know, doing something a little different. Everything's really fast, everything's speed and just kind of changing it up. So we do full body workout every time, which is a little different. See, I, I'm the opposite. I don't like full body workouts. Yeah. Like, uh, we do them at school and I always feel bad, like, like just beat down, you know, like I, uh, I'd rather do like the, I do like for right now, I, I work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That's the phase I'm on right now, but I'll go lower body day, upper body day rest, and then lower body day. And then I do like my high intent throwing day on like the Friday. So I'll yeah. just throw. And then Saturday will be upper body again, which is what I had today. And I just, I think it, I, I feel more fresh when I do it like that versus like the full body i know like everyone's different and like they have their different preferences but for me i found that like when i do full body it just always feels like uh, i'm kind of i couldn't push myself as hard just because i did a little bit of legs yesterday or i did a little bit of upper body the day before you know yeah i think it's a little different for me just because like we'll be doing bench on our third set or Mm -hmm. third whatever it is and it's like oh well my arms aren't tired from set one and two. It's like, Oh, I, I haven't done any arms today or I can really push it. Yeah. So we do like a lot of sumo squats and we do like a lot of eccentric and, and stuff like that with, with weights. And so I don't know, for me in my head, it's like, Oh, I can really bump this up because I don't have anything else lower body, my next workout. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's really nice for me. I really like it, but I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Do you do anything different? like day after you're throwing or is it for like uh in... like do you ever do like a recovery lift or is it more just no okay so i actually changed this recently because i would always do like when last like year and a half i would do like my full like band recovery through the arm care app that we use here at the facility and then i have i use it back at school um but recently i've been like all right like i'm at a certain point now where my strength like my foundation of strength is solid like it's not going to toot my own horn, but I'm a, I'm a pretty powerful athlete in the sense of in the weight room at least. And the bands don't really do much for me. 
So what I've started doing now is more like functional recovery exercises. And then on my upper body days, that's my arm care recovery. Yeah. Cause I'll load it up. Like I'll load up the weight and stuff like that. And I think I, that's more beneficial just for me because I've already like built my foundation. Like I'll show you here. Let me, uh, I'll pull up my recent arm care or, uh, uh, arm score on the arm care app. Cause I've been absolutely shooting up on that stuff. So yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, look at like, those are my numbers. So I, yeah. I you guys can't see this, but uh, uh, total strength is at 295. PR. My internal rotation strength is at 109. Externals at 90, wow. which is huge. Yeah. Um, Scaption is almost at 50. It's at 49.8. And then my grips at 45.8. Um, and just for reference, my externals like six. So <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. So, me. but like, as you can see, like, like my strength's like really high. So, like the little 10 pound bands, they're not going to do a whole lot for me. Right. Um, and once I started doing that, I've been doing that for like almost two months now. And my arm has felt amazing. Like I always feel like recovered on my throwing days and stuff. Obviously I have like my days where, you know, like my forearms a little tight or like bicep. That's press. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like today my elbow is tight. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. a common occurrence. Yeah. And I think, Oh, well, a lot of guys get scared when they're like, oh, my, my elbow's not feeling good. It's like, Hey dude, like, you know, you're, like, obviously, like, if it's a consistent problem and you're like, I can't even throw, then, yeah, get that checked out. But, like, your body's not anatomically built to throw a baseball, right. which is why injuries and, like, throwing injuries are so common in baseball. Um, so, because of that, you have to do a lot of, like, upper body strengthening exercises. And your arm's not always going to feel 100%, but you still got to get that movement in, move the arm around, um, do certain exercises. But... Yeah, that's that's what I started doing. And then the new phase that I'm on, the Maverick phase, I was telling you today, it's yeah. my favorite phase I've done here. I mean, you're doing some crazy stuff on it. Like I saw you on like an exercise ball doing bench press. Yeah. It's kind of sketchy, but it was like, if you think about it, like I, I could feel my, if I was doing it, like, and you're moving really fast. Well, here, it's, it's going to help. Have you done, have you done this phase before? No. Okay. So it's, it's the French contrast method. Um, I got hooked up from Fernie Zubier's our strength coach, but I think Drew Marufo, our pitching coach, and um, John Figueroa, the director of player development, who's also a professional catcher, they were the ones that made this phase. And I was asking them, like, hey, what should I do leading up the season? And they're like, you should try this one. And I've been doing it, dude. I love it so much. Like, I feel great. Like I said, I feel fresh every single day I do it. And like, there's heavy compound lifts still. And I've been pushing numbers on that. Like I did, I know for day one, it's like conventional deadlift. Um, I sub it out. I do, I do back squat instead, but I did 315 for three earlier this week. And then the next day is uh bench press. And I had a bullpen this day. So I, I threw in my bullpen and then this is like my recovery and it's a four by four on bench. And I did 235 for four. Um, and you said you said you're doing everything like for speed. It doesn't say specifically mm -hmm. do it for speed, but you're doing everything for speed. Yeah, I found that to be a difference maker. Like we have yeah. our sensors or like cameras. The, the VBT, yeah, velocity based yeah. training at at Creighton, and it tells us our speed. And we've we've done speed like the past two months, mm -hmm. and we like tried to go a little heavier at the end of the fall. I mean, the numbers are way different from before. Yeah. Like you can you can bump it up pretty good. Like you're saying three fifteen. Like I'm sure speed was a part of that yeah. like if you're doing speed like weights for speed i mean i've i've found it to be very effective no it's i think it's way more effective just moving the weight fast not only like especially even lower body and upper body but you get in better shape too i think you know you, uh, you guys run a lot at creighton we do a lot of sprints and stuff like that's that. good dude the sprints are the way to go yeah but like long distance running like i can do like the only long distance, like that, that's a big difference from Juco long distance running. We run cotton fields at junior college. <laughs> that's, that's Juco right yeah, there. <laughs> it's like 6 a.m. Like three and a half mile cotton fields Oof. that were like prime. <laughs> but like now at Creighton, like our long distance running is doing stadiums. Like we're going up and down a, a stairs, which is, you know, more of a time under tension sort of thing. And mm -hmm. it's long distance running. That's not really long distance running. Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of long distance running. I, I, I don't think it's beneficial at all. I run when I'm not at school and I'm here, I run once 
and that is when we do the Murph challenge and it's like a the one mile and then it's a hundred pull-ups, yeah. 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile. Only time I'll run. Um, but I'll do like plyometric work, like sprints, stuff like that. And way more, I think it's way more beneficial just because like in the pitching delivery, it's an explosive movement. Yeah. So why would you train like a long distance where you're not going to be able to go at a hundred percent? Well, I know some of the thinking was like, oh, you can go longer in games because you're meant to, I think it's more of our coach treated as our junior college coach treated more as like a mental training like mm-hmm. oh, you can really push yourself which is fine i mean that makes a lot of sense pushing yourself but i feel like there's other ways to do it oh yeah oh uh, most definitely i actually saw um so are you a big football fan kind of sorry I, so I you, you touch bit. it yeah so you're like me but um christian mccaffrey's strength and conditioning coach yeah he works with him i saw a video about him i, I forget his name but he does not run long distances in his off-season training and you're like he's a running back like they they'll be breaking off for 70 70 yard runs hold on one second let me open this door for somebody oh this guy's ready for our holiday our christmas special podcast that we're doing after this we're doing the two for one today yeah it's gonna be fun no anyways but it was uh it was christian mccaffrey uh, his strength and conditioning coach that he doesn't run long distances in the off season. He only does like plyometric short interval training. And that dude's a, you, you, you know him. He's a well, monster. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a beast. I mean, I'm sure majority of the time he's doing short distance runs. Like it's a three yard gain or a four yard gain. Like I'm sure he's doing shorter distances more often just because that's what he's going to be doing in a game. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing for like pitching. It's like, you're not going to run a mile and a half yeah. when you hit a home run. Yeah. Well, the other thing that supports that is um, he still has to do like the conditioning test when they come back to training camp. Like they still make him do it. And it's a long distance, everything like that. And he is still like, a, I think they said he's usually one of the first guys done Yeah. in the long distance stuff. So like uh, people don't understand that. They're like, if you don't train for distance, you're not gonna be able to run for distance. And that's not true at all. But I don't know. I, I love it. So yeah, I, that the French contrast method has just been, it's been working wonders for me. So yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. So I mean, I, I went from one extreme to the other going from junior college to mm-hmm. one and it's, it's been a difference maker. Yeah. It's been really good. Yeah. But then I, I think that's also just like uh, experimenting with things yeah. um, like, especially in a training setting. Uh, sometimes not everything's going to work for you. So you just experiment, find what works, works for you. And then what you can apply to your game. I think a lot of people don't even They'll like try it one or two times and don't even give it like any chance. Yeah, you got to give it time to like see if it works. I just think that's like a common mistake. Like a lot of people do. They'll like change something and then like try it for, I don't know, two weeks and it's not working like right away. Mm-hmm. And so they just kind of throw it away. Yeah. And so I don't know. I feel like everybody try to tries to fit a mold a little too much too quickly. Yeah. And then I think also like going, trying in like new things, whether it's like a, a new throwing motion or like a new uh move in the weight room uh they'll jump into it and then they'll try to like go really high intent right away and you're gonna destroy your body like that like uh i think dean jackson he saw a video he was starting a new phase and the first week he doesn't i mean he's a he's a beast dude he's a strong man i i I don't know if you've i've I've seen him in person he's one of the largest human beings i've seen on a baseball field like that dude is gigantic but he doesn't push himself like the first week. Like he will, but like he's not doing like max out weights. He's just trying to like re like introduce his uh, body to the movements so that he's still fresh. Because I the way I think of it is um, think of like your car. I mean, when you go back to school, is your car at school? Or yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you start your car and it's in the cold weather for a long time, you have to let it run for a while, right? You can't just get in and just start driving right away. You got to right. let it tune up prime i i view the body as that like the the cns like you can't just hop into a completely new movement and just start throwing weight around and expect to feel good the next day or two days from now right you got to like like prime it tune it up get going and then after you're used to it then you can start moving the weight around right i mean we do a lot of people aren't a fan of this but we do like warm-up sets whenever because we do a lot of like band work like resistance band work Mm -hmm. on our weights and so we'll do like two warm up sets just without the so you can do the movement right, and so in in your like in your analogy it kind of gets the engine running and kind of yeah. tune stuff up. So I mean, 
that helps me out quite a bit. Gets in my boat, my body because our our you can do a warm up. We have a really good warm up, but your body's not, you know, warming up to do these specific things. Mm-hmm. And so you do the specific thing like a couple times beforehand, and it 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 helps. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't like about working out at school is we do like a warm up and then we get right into it and they just want us to start throwing weight on right away. And everyone like my my lifting partner, he's my throwing partner, Lance Elson. He uh he can't stand it because we'll do squats. And I start with the bar. Right. And he's like, dude, you're a lot stronger than that. I'm like, that's not the point. Like, I got to get the body going and like, okay, this is the motion everything like that. Yeah. The strongest people I've ever seen, power lifters, like in- guys on Instagram that lift, they all start with the bar. And then they work their way up. I literally go bar 25, 45, 15, uh, 25. And then if I get to it, like two, uh, two plates and yeah, then I'll the just, it doesn't have to be like five reps. Everyone thinks like, the yeah, no, I only do like two, three you reps, do like two reps at like slow motion mm-hmm. or something like that. And it warms up just as well. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, it's like doing plyos. Like when you throw, you know, you're not yeah. going to immediately start ripping balls as hard as you can. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to start with a little progression, you know, reverse throws for us as we you know, reverse throws, pivot picks, Rollins, and then you just start you bump up the intensity as you progress through the plyo yeah. throws. I saw a video, I think it was like a year ago, where driveline came out and it's like, oh, the biggest problem doing plyos is like people are trying to throw them too hard mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. And it I'm I'm sure like it puts a toll on your body, especially you're not used to it. That some people use it as a warm-up. I use it as a warm-up just to like loosen up my arm a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm sure it puts a toll and and people aren't able to throw as hard because they're taxing your body too. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. So what, what I started doing is on my high intent days. So I do like the, I do the one, the one, seven, five, and the three for my last two sets of pile throws. And I'll do the janitor throws and then I'll just do them out of the stretch, but I'll go four with each ball and then go through that again. So I'll do those twice for each movement. And what I started doing is I'll, I'll get in front of the gun. So I'll do the first set. It'll be like nice and easy. Probably I'd say, 60 to 70 percent rpe so like like perceived rate of his or how much effort you're putting yeah, yeah basically so it may not actually be 70 percent, but it, it's what i tell myself is right and then the next set will be 80 percent, and then i'll go to the next thing which is just throwing from my stretch position and i'll, I'll be like i don't know 85 maybe 90 percent, and then the last one if it's a high intent they will be like 95 100 percent. yeah just gradually build it up but yeah, you're right. A lot of guys just start ripping plyos and well, it's yeah, you're, oh, chill, man. you're gonna start ripping plyos and then like say you're on the mound, like you're not gonna get on the mound right away after throwing plyos. Like uh-huh. you're gonna do a couple throws normal and you're good you still have to warm up with a baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like getting hot and then staying hot and then warming up again and then trying to throw as hard as you can. Well, so for for a bullpen guy like me, I have my process like my routine set. And I don't have the luxury to like want to warm up with the baseball. Like I was talking yesterday with Julio about it. Cause he was like, how far are you going to throw before? And I was like, maybe 90 feet with a baseball. Yeah. Cause I was like, like think about it in a game, you know, I only have an inning to get to warm up. So I'll do my plyo throws. But by the time I'm done with all my plyos, I've made probably 30, 40 throws. Like I don't need to throw a baseball that much. I can get off the mound and be hot in less than seven pitches, you know? Right. So I, that's just what I need to do. But uh, dude, I'm looking forward to seeing. Are you? Do you guys? Are you guys on ESPN Plus? You yeah, know? I think most of the time we'll be on FS1. FS1. Okay, yeah. dude, dude, hell yeah. I might. My my buddy has. He has all the bells and whistles on the on our TV in the living room, so I might be able to tune into a game if I can. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. When do you go back? I'll be back January 8th, and then we have like a month or so of practice. We start February mm-hmm. 20th. Hell yeah! Who you guys open up against? We open up against Coppin State in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, that's gonna be fun, it's man. Be Enjoy cold. your time in Baltimore, man. Yeah. That's gonna be uh it'll be cold. Maybe it'll be a little cold, maybe maybe a little sketchy. I don't know where the school is, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see, we'll see. But dude, I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely have to uh check out the games if they're online, but uh or if they're on TV, if you will. Sorry, but dude, definitely if you're listening to this, dude, check out Braden Gluth, Creighton University, right-handed pitcher, dude. I'm looking forward to see you uh perform this year i think you're going to have a, a really good year i'm excited i'm yeah. excited right excited to get back be a little colder work with the team and we're gonna have a good season oh yeah all right thank you for your time man thanks for coming on no thanks for having me